I'm Marnie Hughes, and this is Missing on News Nation. Each week, we focus on a missing person case from across the country, taking you behind the headlines. Every missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. They're missed by their family, their friends, their community, and sometimes by complete strangers. It's our mission to bring these cases to light with the hope of finding answers and sometimes offering closure. And maybe you can help us solve some of these mysteries too. This is Missing. New video of Madalena Kojakari, the latest effort by Cornelius Police to keep the case on people's minds. Anything and everything we can do to draw attention to this case so that we can hopefully find the information that we need to lead us to her. In an exclusive interview with News Nation, the police chief talking about the efforts to bring Madalena home. I can say with confidence that we have followed up on hundreds of leads and spent thousands of man hours. It's been more than nine months since these last images of Madalena getting off her school bus November 21st. Police say Diana Kojikari told them she last saw her daughter at their home on Wednesday night, November 23rd. Diana and her husband, Christopher Palmiter, had an argument and he drove to his family's home in Michigan. When Diana went to check on Madalena on Thanksgiving morning, she wasn't there. A backpack of clothing and some of her favorite toys also gone. Both parents faced charges for not reporting her missing for three weeks. Now, two conflicting theories are emerging about what happened to the girl. The attorney for Christopher Palmiter says his client has cooperated with police and believes the girl is being hidden away by her mother. He believed that Diana had taken Madalena somewhere up into the mountains. He tells detectives specifically that he believes Diana took her somewhere and that she is safe. The reason, Palmiter says Diana believed he put Madalena in danger by naming her as a beneficiary on an investment account. In these interviews that Chris gave to the police, he's adamant that he does not believe that Diana harmed Madalena. He believes that Diana fervently believes that Madalena is in danger from some unknown third party, apparently related to him placing money and assigning benefits to her in a 401k account, something that doesn't make any sense. According to police, in a text message on December 2nd, more than a week after the disappearance, Diana indicated she was in the presence of the missing girl. It was the same day she allegedly had extensive conversations with a male cousin identified as Octavian Sebenu about smuggling her and Madalena away from Palmiter. On December 3rd, Diana was seen in the city of Hickory, an hour west of her home, getting her oil changed. The attendant says there were children's toys in the car, but no child was present. And the Madison County Sheriff's Office confirms to News Nation on the night of December 4th, a deputy encountered Diana sleeping in her car near Lonesome Mountain. News Nation traveled to the mountains of western North Carolina to investigate a possible sighting of Madalena. On December 16th, a woman reported seeing a girl resembling Madalena with a male companion. There was a possible sighting at the Lowe's Foods here in Sugar Mountain. We were able to track down video, still footage of that, and forwarded that to Cornelius. But police say the sighting and another one in California did not turn out to be Madalena. Still, the area is vast, and outdoor experts say it would be easy to stay hidden. 
there's a lot of remote locations here. It'd be easy to hide somebody if you really wanted to or to spend time away from anything you want. Just a lot of open space, a lot of places without inter internet or cell phone signal. Um, a lot of woods, a lot of roads that go way off and dead end. Also revealed in the affidavits, recorded jail calls, one between Palmiter and his brother saying Diana had a lot of cash with her and he didn't know where it came from. And another call between Diana and her mother discussing a bag of money, withdrawing cash, and a theory that Chris gave the girl away for money. Acclaimed Diana's mother, speaking in Russian, repeated to reporters outside the courthouse. My Моя внучка живая, ее продали вместе с Дианой за 5 миллионов долларов. Warrants show police have combed through the couple's financial records, as well as social media, messaging accounts, and phone data. Cornelius police saying only they are looking into every lead. We're taking that everything that the grandmother has said into consideration during this investigation, and we're following up on all possibilities. But we have no indication right now that there's any sort of trafficking ring in our community. Diana's mom laying out photos on the sidewalk, asked if she has a message for Madalena. Both parents have pleaded not guilty to charges of failing to report a missing child. Palmiter, released August 18th after posting a reduced bail of $25,000, ignoring questions from reporters. Christopher, where is Madalena? The Cornelius police chief pledging his department will not give up. I am confident we will solve this case and we will find Madalena. Now, it's your opportunity to get involved. During our After the Show, we share the extended interviews and your questions all in an effort to bring the missing home. Today in our Missing series, we have an update on a case out of North Carolina and a little girl who got off her school bus last November and vanished. For more than nine months, police have been searching for Madalena Kojikari. Her mother and her stepfather are charged with failing to report her missing because they waited three weeks before filing a police report. And that was only when the girl's school demanded to see her. Since we last told you about Madalena's case, unsealed warrants have revealed some new details about the mother's trips to Western North Carolina, to the mountains, recorded jail calls discussing bags of money, and potential sightings of Madalena and a distant relative. All of this as the girl's grandmother makes some bombshell allegations involving child trafficking, and her stepfather has been released on bond. Here's Nicole Burley with Madalena's case. New video of Madalena Kojakari, the latest effort by Cornelius Police to keep the case on people's minds. Anything and everything we can do to draw attention to this case so that we can hopefully find the information that we need to lead us to her. In an exclusive interview with News Nation, the police chief talking about the efforts to bring Madalena home. I can say with confidence that we 
have followed up on hundreds of leads and spent thousands of man hours. It's been more than nine months since these last images of Madalena getting off her school bus November 21st. Police say Diana Kojikari told them she last saw her daughter at their home on Wednesday night, November 23rd. Diana and her husband, Christopher Palmiter, had an argument and he drove to his family's home in Michigan. When Diana went to check on Madalena on Thanksgiving morning, she wasn't there. A backpack of clothing and some of her favorite toys also gone. Both parents faced charges for not reporting her missing for three weeks. Now, two conflicting theories are emerging about what happened to the girl. The attorney for Christopher Palmiter says his client has cooperated with police and believes the girl is being hidden away by her mother. He believed that Diana had taken Madalena somewhere up into the mountains. He tells detectives specifically that he believes Diana took her somewhere and that she is safe. The reason, Palmiter says Diana believed he put Madalena in danger by naming her as a beneficiary on an investment account. In these interviews that Chris gave to the police, he's adamant that he does not believe that Diana harmed Madalena. He believes that Diana fervently believes that Madalena is in danger from some unknown third party, apparently related to him placing money and assign benefits to her in a 401k account, something that doesn't make any sense. According to police, in a text message on December 2nd, more than a week after the disappearance, Diana indicated she was in the presence of the missing girl. It was the same day she allegedly had extensive conversations with a male cousin identified as Octavian Sebenu about smuggling her and Madalena away from Palmiter. On December 3rd, Diana was seen in the city of Hickory, an hour west of her home, getting her oil changed. The attendant says there were children's toys in the car, but no child was present. And the Madison County Sheriff's Office confirms to News Nation on the night of December 4th, a deputy encountered Diana sleeping in her car near Lonesome Mountain. News Nation traveled to the mountains of western North Carolina to investigate a possible sighting of Madalena. On December 16th, a woman reported seeing a girl resembling Madalena with a male companion. There was a possible sighting at the Lowe's Foods here in Sugar Mountain. We were able to track down video, steal footage of that, and forwarded that to Cornelius. But police say the sighting and another one in California did not turn out to be Madalena. Still, the area is vast, and outdoor experts say it would be easy to stay hidden. There's a lot of remote locations here. It would be easy to hide somebody if you really wanted to or to spend time away from anything you want. Just a lot of open space, a lot of places without inter internet or cell phone signal, um, a lot of woods, a lot of roads that go way off and dead end. Also revealed in the affidavits, recorded jail calls, one between Palmiter and his brother, saying Diana had a lot of cash with her and he didn't know where it came from. And another call between Diana and her mother, discussing a bag of money, withdrawing cash, and a theory that Chris gave the girl away for money. Acclaimed Diana's mother, speaking in Russian, repeated to reporters outside the courthouse. My Warrants show police have combed through the couple's financial records, as well as social media, messaging accounts, and phone data. Cornelius police saying only they are looking into every lead. We're taking that 
everything that the grandmother has said into consideration during this investigation, and we're following up on all possibilities. But we have no indication right now that there's any sort of trafficking ring in our community. Diana's mom laying out photos on the sidewalk asked if she has a message for Madalena. Both parents have pleaded not guilty to charges of failing to report a missing child. Palmiter released August 18th after posting a reduced bail of $25,000, ignoring questions from reporters. The Cornelius police chief pledging his department will not give up. I am confident we will solve this case and we will find Madalena. It has been nine months and she remains missing. Diana Kojikari, Madalena's mother, remains in jail with a bond set at $250,000. As you watch this case, I know you have questions, so I encourage you to participate. If you have questions, whatever social media you're watching on now, uh, you can submit those questions. We'll do our best to answer them uh, to the best of our ability. Joining me now, trial attorney Misty Maris, also News Nation contributing uh, legal mind. Thank you. As you look at this case, I'm curious what stands out to you legally, because it is unraveled into quite a web with two different theories. Absolutely. So what stands out to me the most, first of all, we have the failure to report Madalena gone missing for a, for a very long time, right? Three weeks. Uh, the law, Kaylee's law, kicks in after 24 hours when somebody, a parent, knowingly does not report a missing child. So that's part one. The other part that sticks out to me is that this they didn't come uh, eventually uh, willingly to report Madalena missing. Instead, the school said we need to see where Ma we need to see Madalena. We haven't seen her in a certain period of time. So that to me, that all leads to that intent element uh, for that particular part of the case. Now, keep in mind, the, the mother is still being held. The stepfather's out on bond. He's cooperating, providing information. We learned a lot of new things from these warrants. And I'm thinking, and look, behind the scenes, once child trafficking is implicated, that is federal. So while this is still being investigated uh, by the local law enforcement, I imagine behind the scenes, you have federal law enforcement investigating this case and seeing if there's other charges that may potentially be brought against Madalena's mother. And I think all of that is happening simultaneously. Uh, whether or not there's merit to what the grandmother said, we don't know. But I can't imagine that there isn't a feverish uh, investigation into that because the reason for Kaylee's law is that you lose a lot. You lose a lot of time. 48 hours is the critical time frame, Marnie, for a missing person. Yeah. And so when somebody is not recorded missing, video might be erased, a potential in witnesses who could give an idea of where somebody was last seen. All of that can be lost. That's the reasoning behind the law. And so in this particular case, I think that law enforcement is really working on that investigation to establish what happened and possibly bring more charges. Right. And so at this point, you've got a little girl who hasn't been seen. You've got two people who were last responsible for her who have conflicting stories. 
I would be curious if they're trying to throw investigators off the scent because the information they're sharing, they did so while they were incarcerated, right? Jailhouse calls between their family members. So you have to wonder about both of their credibility and where the truth lies in these two stories. Marty, you're absolutely right. And jailhouse calls and jailhouse confessions are notoriously questionable. Uh, there are always issues with respect to credibility because of exactly what you said. Are they calculated? Are they for the purpose of creating a narrative behind bars while the rest of the investigation is being uh, unraveled? That being said, they're also taken seriously because on one hand, the jailhouse call can be questionable because of all of those issues of credibility. But on the other hand, it could be that these jailhouse calls, meetings with family members, are they're not on guard at the moment. They think they're having private conversations. Even though it is disclosed in every jail, in every prison, that those calls are recorded and those calls are fair game, Oftentimes, when those meetings are happening, when they're speaking to family members from behind bars, they're not on their A-game. They're, they're making statements that they might not be of, in their best interest. And that's why that's why the calls are recorded, uh, for, for one thing, uh, in order to assess whether or not there's evidence relating to another crime. Um, so, yes, they are scrutinized, but they're valuable as well. Right. And if you are the defense team for mom, Diana Kojikari, are you concerned that Chris Palmiter was released on bond, that his bond was reduced and he's on an ankle monitor and she's still behind bars? Definitely, because in that situation, and then we heard it from his lawyer's statement, he's obviously cooperating, right? He's cooperating with prosecutors. He's giving a narrative. He's telling a story. Uh, and then he's out on bond. Meanwhile, the mother is still behind bars. And a lot of that is judicial discretion, uh, especially in, in North Carolina. So every state has different rules, a lot of discretion in North Carolina when it comes to a felony charge. So the fact that he's out and she's in as a defense lawyer, first of all, I'd be making a lot of arguments about why she should be out as well. But on the flip side, as a defense lawyer, your, your guard goes up because you think there's more to this, right? It's not just this charge. There's more under uh, that layer it was as part of the investigation. And so I would imagine her lawyers are keying up to see what, when is the shoe going to drop, right? What's the next step? And, and that would be the signal from this particular situation where one person is out on a relatively low bond that was actually reduced and the other person, no bail. So it's really a sign for yeah. sure. And why would you argue she should be out? What's her defense? I, I would argue right from the get-go that this this is you really can't be held for more than 120 days under the law. And I would argue based on the North Carolina law that she's not a threat to the public. This is what matters for bail, right? Not a threat to the public and not a flight risk. Those are the two main factors. So you would ankle monitoring. You would say there's other less uh, aggressive means of keeping her in the country and of keep and she's not a threat to anybody. She has no she has one criminal charge, I believe, a felony drug conviction or a felony drug charge that was dismissed. So she doesn't have a felony record. And the drug charge isn't related to the charge she's currently being held on. So those are all the arguments you would make. I imagine because she'd been communicating and that that one email where she says, smuggle me and Madalena out of the country, that's probably what's being used by prosecutors uh, to, to hold her because that is flight risk, you know, that the alarms are going off from a flight risk perspective, yeah. that that's something that she might have the capability to do.
I have a few questions from viewers, and I think I might be able to answer some of them, Misty, and then I have another legal question for you. Uh, one of our viewers, Harper 2.0 on Twitter, is asking if it was proved that Madalena was seen or not seen uh, with Octavian, who is the family cousin on Sugar Mountain in December. And I can tell you that we talked to police in that area of Sugar Mountain. They did confirm that there was a possible sighting, but police in Cornelius have said it was not uh, Madalena in this case. I've got another question uh, from, uh, this is from Tiffany Ross on YouTube. She wants to know if uh, Chris and Diana have spoken since the release. Uh, we don't have an answer to that question, but I have one about the property being checked from Eastern Girls 1969. Have they checked their whole property? The answer to that is yes. Um, they had been doing some burning of furniture in their backyard, and that was taken into evidence. Neighbors thought that was very peculiar. Um, in this case, what were they burning? Why were they doing it? It was around the time that Madalena had vanished, but had not yet been reported. So very peculiar. Good questions from everybody uh, who's watching. My question for you, Misty, is we don't know if a crime has been committed. We know this little girl is gone. We can assume uh, that something against her will has happened to her. Mom's not talking. Stepdad says, this is what I think happened. For a prosecutor, though, to charge a crime, I hope she's alive. If she's not, do they need a body to charge either of them in a crime? And can they do so without that? So they can. Uh, by the way, Marty, just note, those are all excellent questions. Wow, the viewers have such a detailed eye to this case, which is so important because that's the reason uh, we covered this on News Nation, right, to, to raise awareness. So kudos, kudos to the viewers. Um, as far as your question, no body murder cases are more difficult to prove, but they're not impossible. You can have circumstantial evidence that uh, tends to show that somebody is no longer alive. The reason that they're difficult to prove is because the body is the best piece of evidence in a case. It can show the means and manner and time of death. So without a body, it can be more challenging, but other evidence can be sufficient to prove a nobody case in a court of law. With respect to this case, definitely they are um, working behind the scenes to further the investigation. And that's why you see her being held on a charge that is relating to the time frame it took her to report Madalena missing. That is always going to be suspect when a parent does not report their child missing. And so that's why we're seeing this continue to unfold and investigators continue to be looking at her conduct and looking for evidence relating to that, that time frame. So um, not impossible, but definitely need more to charge at this juncture from what we've seen in the public sphere. Right, and I guess just the optics of it, you know, when you have a child go missing, if the parents aren't screaming from the rooftop immediately when they go missing, Right. You start to wonder, you know, your little spidey senses go up. You, any mm -hmm. normal person would say, my child's missing. You do everything you can to find them. It didn't happen in this case. So it raised a lot of suspicion. Then you add money into the mix. How does that complicate an investigation and their legal defense? It, it acts as a motive. Right. So now when there's money in the mix, Investigators are going to be looking at the money. They're going to follow the money and they're going to see the potential for financial gain as a possible motive. So from a prosecutor perspective, that is a really key factor as they continue to develop a potential case. Now, from a defense perspective, you're already on alert here to say that, number one, 
money can't be a motivating factor if you did nothing wrong, right? So money is ancillary uh, if you're not responsible for the disappearance of the child. So I imagine defense attorneys are going to focus on that. But of course, if the money factor comes into play, uh, we spoke about this before, prosecutors do not have to show motive in a court of law in order to obtain a conviction. But by gosh, it helps, especially when you're talking about a child, because everybody is going to have the question that you just said, Marnie, how could a parent not be shouting from the rooftops when their child is missing? How could a parent be so callous about the situation? And so then you factor in the money component and it helps a jury to be able to wrap their mind around the why. And that's going to be incredibly important if this case goes to trial. Um, and, and I think that that lag in time plus the money and then if they get a lead on something else, well, maybe then you have a case. Maybe I, then you have a case for sure. Two more questions. Again, I'll, I can answer these. Diane Richards on YouTube, was the trip to Michigan confirmed? So that was the trip that Chris took to Michigan. Uh, he says he went there, but that is also still part of the investigation. Mind of Monsters on YouTube is asking, was there any stoplight cameras or street cameras at all in the area? or the footage um, near where these sightings happened. Again, police are saying it wasn't her. These were possible sightings, uh, but they have confirmed that Diana Kojakari was in the area and we have those side-by-side -side selfies of her up in the Sugar Mountain area um, around the same time that Madalena disappeared. You know, as, as you look at this case, you've got mom, stepdad, and then in the warrant, Misty, you've got this other family member, Octavian, Sabanyu, and we mentioned him in the piece. He was named in the warrant that was unsealed in March. He's Diana's cousin, only relative in the U.S. He has been questioned by police. Diana says that she's had extensive communication with him about smuggling her and Madalena away from Palmetter, but he has not been charged. He is not listed as a person of interest, yet he's in these court documents. Anything significant about that? Uh, it's twofold. So being in the court documents, just because there's an uncharged individual in the court uh, documents doesn't mean that there wouldn't be charges down the road. There's always the possibility of that. It could also mean that law enforcement has been in contact or that there's some kind of cooperating witness. And the other thing is it couldn't signal neither one of those things. It could just be a relevant fact and specifically relevant to that bail discussion we were just speaking about. So something that prosecutors are absolutely going to want in that warrant uh, that there was talk of smuggling previously. So it could go many, many different directions. But remember, even if no charges are brought, it doesn't mean that there couldn't be a time or place where they are down the road. Yeah. And just a moment ago, we showed you the last known video of Madalena getting off her school bus in November of 2022, right around Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope, Misty, that the truth uh, lies somewhere between these two very bizarre theories from mom and stepdad and that Madalena is alive um, and maybe is being hidden somewhere in the mountains of Western North Carolina. That is, uh, that is our hope in all cases that they are solved and it's a positive outcome. Every missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. It's our mission to bring these cases to light. If you have a case you think we should be looking into, submit it to newsnationnow.com missing. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Marnie Hughes. This is Missing.